episode 200, Crazy, of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Thrilled you're here today. I was going to record a couple episodes celebrating the 200th episode, but so much is going on and so much information is going on. And I had this wonderful talk with Asher that was recorded about 10 days ago. So I was just like, you know, I'm just going to edit this podcast and this will be episode 200. Um, And it's a wonderful, I think, important, crucial conversation to be had. And so you're in for a great talk with Asher Luzado. I met Asher about five years ago. He was was the co-owner of one of the yoga studios that I taught at, um, Hyperslow. And it's, it's interesting, but teaching yoga in a public setting is definitely one of the parts of my life pre-pandemic that I miss. And Asher and Emily were a big part of my life for a few years. And Hyperslow is a big part of my life for a few years. And Asher is somebody that I always love talking to, and I always connected with him. And I, I touch on this towards the end of our conversation, but I truly feel a connection with men that lead with the heart and not with the ego. And Asher is somebody who is a deep thinker, um, an introvert like I am, and he thinks a lot. And Little did I know until we spoke. I mean, I I did a little research before we spoke, but he's running for mayor. Uh, You can find him on Asher for you can find him at asherformayor.com. You can also find him at asherluzado.com. And I do want to read very briefly a a little bit here from his website, Asher for Mayor, just to give you a little background. Um, Asher moved to LA. He graduated summa cum laude from UCLA with a major in communications uh, and a minor in in political science. Uh, And then he attended law school at the University of Chicago. He was the president of the Environmental Law Society. He worked for the ACLU and its class action lawsuit against the VA in West LA for its failure to house homeless veterans. And then he also worked for Percher, Nichols and Meeks, one of the real estate premier real estate firms in Los Angeles. And then uh, after practicing law, he joined Lu- the Luzado Company, which is a real estate company founded by his father. And I, I'm reading all this to you because I'm also really I also really connect with people that have their hands on a lot of different pursuits. And I think Asher really is one of the ideal people that we should be thinking about as we are looking for direction in our society. Leaders that lead with empathy, lead with their heart, and beyond all these other areas that Asher is interested in, he was also an amazing yoga slash breath teacher, meditation teacher, and I'm interested in people that pursue a lot of different areas, but also have the intellect and the instinct to know that it's just as valuable to slow down and turn inward. And I think those are things that I really struggle with and and think about a lot. 
I pack a lot in in my day-to-day life, but I also realize and really hold on to this belief that we have to turn off the phone. We have to turn off social media, turn off the onslaught of information that is just pounded over our head every single day. So I think this is a really valuable talk. Um, and I'm proud that this is episode 200. Uh, there's, there's a bunch of podcasts that I've started recording and want to record about Spotify and Joe Rogan and, and just this strange look of the world. I want to talk about health and some personal health issues. Um, but what better way to celebrate episode 200 than to speak with a friend, Asher Luzado, about uh, this, this bizarre world that we live in and trying to find some peace and serenity in it. So I think you're really going to enjoy it. Again, you can find Asher online at asherluzado.com or asherformayor.com. He's also on Instagram, although he's not really actively using it. Um, And that is it. I'm going to also record an episode pretty soon about my book, but I'll briefly just say my book is done. It's coming out in the spring. But if you do want an advanced copy, just send me a message on Instagram at Eddie Cohn, and I'll give you some details. It's also going to be sold here in Culver City at a local bookstore. Uh, of course, online, Amazon, everywhere. But for now, you can just order an advanced copy uh, directly from me. You know where to find me, at Eddie Cohn on Twitter, Instagram. IamEddieCohn.com is the website. All my music that just came out is on Spotify and iTunes, etc. And then please share the show with your friends. Subscribe, share the show. I think this is a great talk. So um, that is it. Asher, thanks again for taking the time to speak to me. And thanks to you for listening and supporting and being a part of the 200th episode of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. Hey. Hey, man. How are you? Very well. How are you? And it's been it's been a long time. It has been a long time. Well, it was. I guess it was. Um, yeah, it's probably been a couple of years since uh, the beginning of twenty twenty. Yep. The the day of reckoning. <laughs> the day of reckoning, man. When we closed the studio, and um, it looks like. Hold on, this might be a little uh, blurry or something. Uh, there we go. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's it ends up being audio, but you know. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. But whatever, you know, I might t- t- capture a video or something. But uh, yeah, it's been, um, you know, it's 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 interesting. Um, I oscillate back and forth from feeling very lucky and feeling very blessed, uh, but I do have those moments of of anger and frustration. It's sort of the uh, collapse of, of society. And, and um, it's, it's a very strange paradox that I find myself in. And um, it's, it's uh, you know, I want to feel more down the center line, but I, I do feel myself go back and forth uh, in, those, in those two phases in my psyche. Mm-hmm. Can, you re- can you relate or? Yeah, I, um, I have found... At- for me, the antidote to the poles is, is gratitude. Hmm. Um, 
And um, because I think privilege can be something that's it's so hard to define. It's so hard to justify. It's so hard. Why do I get this? And, and you look out in the world and, and see just the, the, the suffering. And, and it, it, it's a but but then you just sort of say, who, who am I to say that I'm the one that should have it or that somebody else should have it? It's it, it is what it is. And I'm just grateful that I have it. And and somebody that doesn't have it wouldn't want me to be um depressed for having it because then 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 what's the point yeah. right what what is anybody working towards if if <laughs> if we're all supposed to be depressed if we're privileged you know and and um and yeah. so i just kind of had this kind of cuz i was i was oscillating to i think you know the last 2 years there've definitely been a lot of deep introspection on that level but but for me it just kind of clicked and it was just just gratitude just be thankful that's all that's all i can do and um and then whatever energy i have left just serve the people who don't you know who don't necessarily have the luck that i've had or whatever and um and that's where i've been getting really into to actually like cleaning up trash feeding the homeless like i i've been more active in some of that stuff than i've ever been and so um yeah, I don't know, man, but I, I totally feel you. It's 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 hard to watch this thing break down, um, and yet um, I also believe that it has to break down. It it, it just um, we have to build something new. This is it's broken. The system is broken, um, and um, I think we can resist it. And I think that that will actually make it more difficult or we can be open and honest that it, it's breaking down. And so let's, what's, what's the new ship we're going to build? What's it look like? What's it built? What's it made out of? What's it, you know, what are we trying to do here when we know this ship is sinking? Because we yeah. can't just all point our fingers at each other and say the ship is sinking. Fuck you. Fuck you. No, fuck you. Right. What does that do? We're going to sink together, you yeah. know? So, um, Let's turn this thing around, go back to shore and take out a new ship because this one's going to sink. I don't like to do too much vetting or, or research because I I do believe in an extemporaneous conversation. But mm. right, right at the top of the page was you running for mayor. And I, I had no ideas. Is that is that a reality? And is that happening? And and. I mean, I'm already getting the sense from what you're talking about that something must have inspired this this change or shift or energy. But is that a reality? And, and what was the uh, the catalyst? Yeah, um, it is a reality. Okay. <laughs> um, um, and it's nuanced, but yes, um, I I think it really came again from what we were just talking about going through the last couple of years and recognizing that um, I was able to work remotely. I was able to do uh, my work from anywhere. And, and um, thankfully, what, what I, the work that I was doing didn't really suffer through COVID. And I said, you know, yes, I have a, a baby coming. This is before Lennon was born. And then, um, but I, I want to be of service. I, I just feel, I, I just want to reorient my life towards serving other people. I really feel full in many respects in my own life. And I just feel like I've reached that point where I, I want to do it. And I don't know how yet, mm. um, but I just kind of let that, you know, I do morning walks, long, long walks, meditations. And, um, and then, um, after Lennon was born, it really, it really clicked. It was like, um, 
this is for her and this is for all the young people like her that are facing a world that's very on edge. Um, and, uh, you know, being who I am, I said, why not mayor? I mean, people say, well, why not city council? Why not, you know, why don't you start a nonprofit? It's like, well, I actually, I, I really do believe um, we're at a place where people are open to uh, um, a really deep level of, of change and innovation in government. Um, most people, I think at this point, will acknowledge that, that both, both ends are broken and, um, and, and they're open. Um, and so I recognize that whether I'm the person or not the person is kind of besides the point. What I, what I want to do is start to engage people with a different way of campaigning hmm. um, and, um, you know, doing podcasts and, and, and doing a cryptocurrency that, that, can, that can work like a, a cryptocurrency that would work in government where you pay people to be of service. Um, and then they can redeem those coins for anything from from therapy sessions to you know free parking to w- whatever whatever they might need um, they can redeem coin for and and um, yeah I, I hmm. and just being really creative with the campaign we licensed a bunch of really cool music we, we're working with musicians we're working with artists like we're not going to win this election. Um, I'm, I'm saying that right now. And I told my team that a couple of weeks ago. Um, and um, I, I had to come honestly to that conclusion because I, I, I got to a point in the campaign where it was, I recognized I either was going to have to spend all of my time fundraising from here on out, or I was going to just have to be the change and trust that whoever, um, whoever that resonated with would, would support us and whoever it didn't wouldn't. And, and that that is what it is. Um, and I just couldn't bear to think that I would spend the next six months of my life out there campaigning and asking for money. And, and, and it just, that doesn't, that doesn't feel right with me. And, um, you know, to me, love isn't political. Um, and so I, I couldn't work, I couldn't work that out in my own mind. So I just said, you know what, Let's just, it doesn't matter where this ends. It, it just doesn't matter. Um, our job is pieces every step. Yeah. Um, so, um, and maybe, maybe that ends up inspiring a lot of people. Um, uh, but we're not attached to how many. So, um, so that's kind of where we're at, you know, and, and um, uh, trying to tell that story and, and uh, see where it goes. I, I struggle with this. Um... Is this quote unquote system and human nature um, where we're so drawn to toxic energy in this strange way and mm-hmm. and um, and just the system of politics and the system of the news media and the and the and the fast paced rate at which information is yeah. flooding our way and you know you say these things like gratitude and love. And non well, you didn't say non judgment, but that's just sort of another word that comes yeah. to mind. Now, are we up against something? You know, human nature, uh, the system, the news. I mean, is it? You know, and I think of Andrew Yang as I'm listening to you, and I and I love you know the words that he utters and speaks, but it just feels like um, 
I guess I think of, of Lennon, you know, your daughter, and I think of like the next generation. I mean, maybe it does require us to, to combat this, this strong, powerful, tempestuous system that is, it feels impossible to penetrate, but we need to start somewhere. I just, I feel, uh, I know I sound a little glass half empty here, but it, gosh, it feels like that system is such a rock that just takes so much force to break through. Yeah, luckily, I think it will break down by itself. Hmm, okay. um, um, I, I think that this level of corruption and, and, and it's a disease that's spreading, right? And it's now spreading more rapidly because of, of inflation and the printing of money, which has always sort of been near the end of empire. Um, because w- w- once you're under that much debt, it really doesn't matter what you do. You can't get out from it, Um and, and and it's at a time when when generally revenues are actually falling. Yes, stocks are going up. So states have they've had more money than they thought they were going to have. But the stock market's not going up forever. We all know that. Right. And that's basically all they have because small business has been destroyed. Yeah. Um, debt um, on the personal level, of most Americans is is at an all time high. So it, it will collapse, and that's why. Um, you know, I, I to me, I, I don't. It's not an if; it's a when. And so, then you, the next question is: Okay, well, how do we reduce the amount of suffering in that transition? Um, because I don't think that that transition has to be violent. I think it can be, but I don't think it has to be. Um, and that's where I think um, I I stand on the idea that that we can really be. Uh, spend our time building something new rather than trying to destroy what exists or what's broken. Um, I think that our energy is much more well spent that way. And I think, you know, to your point, the law of attraction, and I do believe this, I believe, you know, positive people tend to want to be around positive people and, and, and vice versa, right? Mm-hmm. It, because it's inspiring. It, it actually fills you up. Um, and, and, um, and so I think that the energy of creating something new is a much more inspired place to be with other people right now than trying to fix what's broken. Because then we all get into that space that you just described, which is, okay, you get all these exciting ideas out and then you sort of sit back for a second and then you're like, uh, yeah, that's not going to happen. <laughs> you know, and then it's just demoralizing. It's, it's completely yes. disempowering. Yeah. Um, so I've actually found that the best conversations I've had in the last few months and the most inspiring work I've done has been with people who just say, you know what, I'm not even worried about what's being done. I'm just focused on what we're trying to build. Um, you know, what's interesting is you're saying that, you know, I, I consider myself a creator and making music and I have a book that's coming out soon. And when, when one creates now in this day and age, because you know, technology and social media, I believe, has sort of disrupted the PR system and the creative system in so many ways. I will post and, you know, post my podcast, post the songs and post. So it, it has rewired my brain to think about what other people think. Mm-hmm. And that is such a negative, toxic place as a creator, as a sensitive human being to live in that state. And I've really noticed the last few months, and it's hard. It is it's so damn hard to retrain my brain to remind myself that, look, I am creating because it's what I'm called to do and it's a natural, instinctive behavior of mine because I'm inspired by what I see, what I feel, and that has to be enough. 
because when it goes to that other place of pushing and pulling and reaction and likes, quote unquote, yeah. that just, uh, to your point, I just, I really resonate with what you're saying. And, and I just, I feel like that is, we have to remind ourselves about why we're doing it and the purity in that, because then it gets, it gets polluted. Amen. I totally agree with you. Um, um, and, and, and I think what a lot of creators struggle with is the, the need to, to earn a living. Mm. Um, and, and so in, inherent in that is a, a need for the reception of the work to be positive, right? Um, because you need there to be a market for it in some sense. Yeah. Um, and, and I have certain thoughts on that. Um, I also think that th there's um, something I've been reading a lot more about is Taoism. Um, and uh, it, it's kind of a it's, a, it's a natural philosophy. It's sort of yin yang, everything in the balance, everything in the flow. And, you know, you might know a bit about it, but, um, but it, it, Taoism is basically like a, a, it's a, it's a religion. It's not even really a religion. It's, it's a philosophy for artists more than mm. anything. That's what I see it as. It's this thing of the, the, the creation is the purpose. The, mm. the act is the beauty. Um, and, um, you know, so much of, 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 of the Tao is, is actually, it manifests in like Qigong and, and, and Tai Chi and, and this, it's an art. Mm -hmm. Those are arts, but they don't actually produce anything that can be sold. Um, and, and, and to me that, that's just, it's a really interesting way to your point of thinking about art is, um, this ephemeral thing. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, and then we have to think about, okay, well, great. Everybody just does Tai Chi in their backyards and, and, or, or they paint, and, but, but how are they going to make money? Um, interestingly, I think that all of society is now asking the exact same question. Yeah. So it's not just artists, right? It's actually like lawyers and accountants and everybody's quote unquote jobs are now sort of, at stake and maybe not in two years or five years, but, but I think we all can see in, in 15, 20 years, the job market's going to be, it won't be a job market. It's going to be something else. And so again, rather than worrying about the thing that's dying, focusing on the thing that we're trying to build and, 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 and building a society that's based on inherent value, inherent human value, of course, but also inherent artistic value, like produce something and, 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 and you'll be paid for it. Right. You know, maybe not a ton of money. Maybe you can, if you want to sell it privately, you can, but if you can't sell it privately and you make a, and you make a, a track of music, the state will pay you a hundred bucks. Right. I, I'm just throwing out yeah, numbers. Sure. But 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 the idea of starting to think about a society where um, where the inherent value of arts is 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 really basically protected in the system. And we're just human nature is protected so that people can just be free to be who they are, produce what they can. I think UBI is kind of in this talk mm -hmm. of, you know, you get rent, you get shelter and food and healthcare and, and education. Although frankly, I don't think anybody should be going to, to the schools that are being funded by the public money. Anyway, I think if the internet is the best education in the world. Um, and then just being a human being out, out in society is, is, is all this social 
you know, education we need. So I think, you know, I, I'm just kind of in this place where we're, we're moving somewhere new hmm. and we can either try to resist that or we can just start pointing at people and say, hey, you come in, let's go. Let's go. You too. You're welcome. Every, you're all welcome. We are all welcome. Right. We are all welcome because we are creating it. And by yeah. the way, if we create it and we are the majority vote, then we're actually going to create it. You know, and so that's that's a non-fear place of, of, of politics of just let's just go build the thing. I would thrive in that environment. Like there's going to be at some point in time, jobs are going to continue declining. The wealth disparity is going to continue increasing. Environmentalism is going to become a bit much bigger thing. And it's just going to break. It's just at some point it's going to break. And there will be so many more people who, who don't have than have. And then we're just going to transition. And that's where going back to the first thing, it's like, I just want to, for me, the most important thing is trying to reduce the, the, the amount of suffering in that transition. Um, and, um, and so that's where, you know, I'm very focused on mostly housing, um, mostly housing, um, because that's an area that I have a lot of background in, um, you know, in development. And, and so I'm building out, I'm kind of building out a platform for housing. I I put it on our our website, Mm -hmm. um, for, for mayor and, um, I, I, there's a great opportunity there too. Um, uh, you know, um, building housing communities out of vacant buildings, taking old office buildings that they go vacant through this transition to work from home and taking industrial buildings that are outdated and can't support Amazon logistics and beginning to convert them into really beautiful, but simple housing complexes with a lot of green space and, um, and uh, urban farms. And, and again, um, you know, we can issue crypto to people who, who farm food in our urban environments and, and, um, basically start to create an economy that's based on local production again. And um, it's all, it's all possible. And it all seems very far fetched in a time where fear is sort of the preeminent feeling for most people. But, but I think that um, there are enough of us and, and, and I talk to enough people day to day that, that still haven't lost this sort of that, that human hope. Um, but I think what we have, most of the people that I've talked to have kind of come to and me on a personal level, it's like, look, we're not here to save the world. <laughs> this isn't a mission to save the world. We are here to be the change that we want to see. And whoever is down to be part of that will be part of it. But we can't, we're not here to save people who aren't down for it. You know, it's not... We spend as much energy. I was just telling a friend the other day, by the way, to your point about social media, um, I just left social media uh, for the first time um, Mm. last week after being on all of them for for years. And I just finally said, you know what? I don't I don't think it's serving me and I I don't think I'm serving it. Mm. Um, You mentioned human beings before um, a couple a couple times. And. This is something that I struggle with. It, it does feel like the the natural pull of, of the society that we live in now is is making us more robotic and two dimensional. Yeah. And you know, 
a, a huge applause to you for getting off of social media. And if it weren't for my creative outlets, there's absolutely zero reason for me to be on there. But th- this is a really important um, struggle is that, you know, you're talking about, and I know you're talking more about on a political level, joining the, you know, your quote unquote party and, and, and your family and let's get on board because we're going to create something better. But there is something really powerful going on where it does feel like our society is forcing more people to use tech and rely on yeah. tech and, yeah. you know, communicate through, through Twitter. Like I see uh, political pundits and, and, and pretty high up people just going back and forth on Twitter. And, and it's, yeah. it's, 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 we need more people to be off of Twitter. We need more people to be truly listening, communicating. And, and I think that is a huge, um, problem with with getting out of this mess and the and the other thing that I, the other layer that i'm sort of so remember that and the other layer i also think about is is capitalism you know how much of that is in advertising i mean we are constantly being bombarded with advert bombarded with advertising which is ultimately you know a little layer below capitalism and um can human beings uh, sort of the the more uh, soft spoken or intrinsic human beings can can we how do we combat that push from social media and and capitalism and and can is is ultimately capitalism sort of the leading us down this this very toxic odious world that we see? Yeah, um, I know a lot I there. The way, I, I I love the way that that you framed the question. Uh, because I, what I, what I got from it is, is how does sort of the non-alpha mm-hmm. competitive beings, which is actually the predominant human being in society, um, uh, com- compete if the market, if the if the market benefits, you know, high levels of competition. Yes. So we don't want to compete, but we're forced to compete, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, it kind of all comes back and, and it, it's, yes, that's all broken. So all of the, um, the people who are quieter, the more introspective, the, the, the artist, the, the, the one, the empath, the, this is the majority of human civilization. Hmm. The great, great majority of human civilization. And we haven't benefited for the most part. And it's not to say none of them. No, that's not true. There's, there's tons of people who benefited from capitalism and, and are very introspective and all that. But, um, but on the whole, um, they haven't. And, and, and we haven't, because I, I actually have moved from being an extrovert, I think, to much more of an introvert uh, over time. But, um, but I, I think it's kind of like, again, look around and say, wait, you're like this? And you are too. Mm-hmm. And so is your mom and your cousin and your, wait, we're all feeling like this. That's where technology to me. And I've been, by the way, this last week, I, I, I'm in, um, I'm in Taos right now um, in New Mexico. I, I kind of just took a, a trip um, just to write um, because I've, I've just been, there's so much that I've been thinking about and processing with this campaign. And I just wanted to take like a week and just, just kind of write. And um 
And a lot of it actually, it's funny, it's been about technology. And I think that technology is a tool. And I think like a gun, um, you know, people say, uh, you know, guns don't kill people, people kill people. And I actually agree with that. You know, I think there's a, a part of the, you know, probably the far left that will say no guns kill people. I, I just, um, anyway, we won't go down that rabbit hole. Yeah, right? no, it's but, okay. But, but I, I think that the technology is in some sense the same thing. It can be used to protect us or attack. Um, it can be used for nonviolence or violence. And I think that right now we've imbued technology with such a negative sort of connotation and it's all bad and it's all drawing us down the, the wrong path and all that. Technology is born of our higher consciousness. It's born of the, the great spirit, the, 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 the higher power, whatever that is, right? It's, it came through us. Um, the internet was born from a rock. Hmm. You know, silicone and these materials that are used in our technology, they all come from the earth. It's earth reflected. It's, 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 it's our processing of light. Hmm. Um, and technology is, is in its simplest form. It's just a processor for light. And so what we need to acknowledge is that technology is a beautiful, beautiful manifestation of humanity. Um, it's, uh, it's, and we can talk about artificial intelligence. It's art. Hmm. It's artificial intelligence, right? And and so we, to me, it's like let's actually look at technology really objectively, and then let's just decide how we want to imbue positive intent, good intent, loving intent into technology. Um, hmm. Because I do think it's something that actually can, to, to, to what we were talking about earlier before, connect us and unite us and actually empower communities that never had power before, never. Never did people around the world have as much power as we have today. And that's the struggle that we're seeing. I mean, that's where we are seeing collapse because the pressure from people on governments and on, on big institutions is so great that the frictions are starting to manifest across every part of society. It's, it's you know, it's obviously financial, it's cultural, it's social, it's, it's starting to hit everything. Um, and now health, I mean, it's, so, so um, to me, it's actually a positive sign that it's sort of, it shows that we still have the power. It's how we use it though. And again, I think people are, because they're operating in a place of fear, they're using uh, technology negatively. It's to fill the void. It's to scroll and scroll and scroll and just fill that void of fear and negativity and depression. And, and it's, it's um, so in that way, yes, it's negative. It's, it's addictive. It's, it's all the things that we know that it is. But I think that a healthy, centered human being looking at technology will absolutely use it for empowerment. Um, and so, you know, to me, it's going mm. back to the underlying spiritual and, and, and emotional health of, of humans. And, and I think if we can build that, then humans can do whatever they want, really. I mean, we turn the rock and we, we, we turn the earth into an Internet. Um, mm. we, can, we can do anything we want. It's just will we do it? That's inter um, it's interesting. You, I was just thinking, personalizing it just a bit. Yeah, I, I do use technology as you said, and in, in where it, it is the, um, the the tool, the funnel to get my ideas out of my my heart and my head, it, it, it is clearly that is um, that is the it's the vector to get my my world outside of my head. Um, but but it's it's strange. Um, 
I, I do think there's this when, when you combat. So why I'm like that is because I'm incredibly disciplined. I, I got that from my dad. Um, I am able to um, prioritize what's really important. Like I, I cut off television 30 minutes an hour, uh, but then I, I have I have enough in my life that is creating more joy than playing mm-hmm. than playing video games for an hour or. Uh, watching Netflix for an hour. Now, there's nothing wrong with with that, watching Netflix for an hour or playing video games for five hours. But I do think about like creative productivity. You, you brought up earlier, and I, I struggle with this all the time. People don't want to pay for music or they don't want to pay for art. Yeah. Um, it's it's strange. I, I Of course, there's good television shows out there, and, and I'll go to a good art show, but it does feel like um, it requires so much attention to detail and focus to make, you know, a Led Zeppelin, uh, number one, two, three, and four Radiohead. Mm-hmm. Okay. Computer. And mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I, I think, I don't want to say, uh, there's, there's been a clear downgrade in our culture. Um, but when you have that phone and the notifications and, and yes, you know, at back to your point, it, they can empower, but I, I just think we are so drawn towards the carnal, you know, instincts and and just yes. numbing out and and so and again, that's no judgment, but that's just like who we are as human beings, yes. you know. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. it just it feels like it's more difficult to combat those carnal instincts. You know, I. So, I don't want to pretend to think. Uh, oh, technology will save us if we just, you know, if we're just good with it, we're all good. And I, there, it's a, it's a yin yang, right? Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a tool. Some will use it in the, in the, in the, in the negative way. Some will use it in a positive way. And then it's just detaching from that. It's like we, we can't. We're not here again to save the people who are scrolling Instagram for four hours or, or, you know, watching six hours of Netflix when they get home from work every day or whatever. It's every one of us is on our own journey. But I, mm-hmm. I think that um, I think that the creative spirit in humanity right now is actually really high. Um, the creative, not necessarily the creation. I, mm. I think that people are thinking about things really creatively and differently than we have. And we're open to ideas now that we haven't been to in a long time. And, um, Mm, I like that. Not, we haven't yet created because I think that this is a place and a time for ideation. It's a time for creativity. It doesn't have to be creation. And that's Taoism too. That's why I, I just, I love this philosophy. It's like the creation will be created when it's meant to be created. But engage with the process of creativity. Let's begin to have these conversations on an epic scale. Let's start talking, hmm. right? This is the time. It's like, an, you know, I, I, I haven't been in AA, but, but I have some friends who have. And the, the first step is just acknowledgement that we have a problem, right? That you can't get to any of the other steps. And so you actually acknowledge that there's a problem. And finally, I think that, that collectively, we basically all acknowledge that there's a massive problem. Yeah. So that's actually a healthy first step. We're not going to just jump from that into creation because we're still operating in a place of, of fear and anxiety and, and, and uncertainty and all this stuff. But now we can begin to have the, the dialogue. 
we can start to get ideas out and we can start having people like Andrew Yang jumping from, you know, one party and creating a new party. And it's, it, we're all starting to engage, right? This is gonna happen. Yeah. It, it's, it, there is nobody that can stop what's happening. It's just how it manifests. And then it comes back to how do we participate in the creation? We just have to stay focused on what we're trying to create hmm. and just find people who are on that same basis. And it's like, okay, look, Andrew Yang, I don't necessarily want to be in your forward party, but by the way, I'm also running as an independent in, in Los Angeles and here's my platform. Um, have me on your podcast. Don't have me on your podcast. I'll have you on my podcast or you don't have to be on my podcast. doesn't matter. I'm here. You're there. If you want to talk great. If not, I'll see you on the other, you know, on the other side, but, 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 Let's all just start of start having these conversations, put the ideas out, and, and it's not going to be overnight. And it feels the media makes us feel like this has to be overnight or we're all going to die in a mm. burning fire of hell, right? You know, <laughs> right. just they are making us feel like we have no time. And I think that that's a really disempowering message. Mm. And, and, and it basically all makes us all surrender our own power to big corporate interests and say, you know, well, if Chevron doesn't change its, its drilling policies, we're all kind of fucked. So, yeah. you know, hopefully they do it, you know, and th- how disempowering to say that basically this whole thing hinges on, on the biggest 10, I think I've read the biggest 10 corporations in the world or whatever, Procter and Gamble and, and the like. Um, so, so that's not the message. Also, we have so much power, right? Um, and, and um, we just need to step back into it and be around people who help build that back in us and, and build that back in our psyches, um, people who support us and encourage us. And, and um, um, yeah, we need to be in healthy space and we need to let go of people who really are just pulling us down. And it's not because I don't love you. It's because I love you that I can't spend this time with you because I want to, I want to spend my time, which is precious trying to work on a framework within which you will also be happier and more fulfilled. And, um, and I, I'm telling you, I can't do that because you're draining me. And so (laughs) we're both hurting ourselves. Right. And so, you know, I think we have to let go of some relationships that hold us back from being, who it is that we want to be, you know, in in this. And, um, but never leave, you know, for me, it's also never leave anybody behind because there's, there's people I thought like, oh, wow, you know, they kind of, you know, that materialism has really been their, their focus. And I don't think that's changing. And, but, but there's a couple people in my life who, who pivoted and sort of quote unquote woke up, um, you know, to this, 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 Thing that we're all in together and and now i'm like all right cool let's get lunch and let's talk about what you're working on and um so you know there's a couple things that i'm thinking about um i i was thinking about the word health as you were talking and balance and you know i know my my point of view is is you know considered not part of the narrative and it can go down that conspiratorial world but um i don't think what's gone on the last two years has really been about health. You know, I, mm-hmm. I think um, when when I'm, I drove by an elementary school and I see three, four-year-old kids running around outdoors with masks on. And, yeah. I, and, I, and, I and the uh, to me, this is selective 
Um, we're going to choose one particular area to focus on. Uh, and to your point earlier, you know, if, and this is why I've, 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 you know, considered some physicians on television to be so cryptic and, and, and draconian and, and, and like those terrible um, images and, and terrible movies or something. You know, if, if somebody is, is uttering something over and over again, yeah. uh, it is going to change the psychology of human beings. And um, I really think, and this is something, I broke my ankle about a year ago, and, and it's back, it's totally fine now, but the last two years I've been really thinking about health and, mm. and not just, you know, quick fixes like pills, and, um, but truly mind, body, um, eating well, exercise. I'm active every day, hour a day, uh, meditation or yoga. I mean, I just think now more than ever, and I think a lot of the reason why the last two years have been so horrific and tragic for this culture also is that we just lived for so many years an unhealthy lifestyle. And, and I, I hope that this, again, I don't know if uh, I'm touching on an area that's so sensitive because it feels like this is a hot topic. And if people no, say it's, it's hard, yeah, it's, yeah. It, it, it shouldn't really, be hard, you know, but it is. It, it, it's really hard. And, and it's something that, um, frankly, this is probably the first time that I'll speak publicly generally on this subject because it has been so hard and so sensitive. But uh, I agree with you in, on many levels. And I think that um, I don't necessarily think that there's some evil conspiracy, you know, to, I mean, there's some, there's some pretty out there QAnon kind of stuff out there mm -hmm. that I just, that's its own sad world of, of people that are just looking for simple answers because they don't necessarily have the the faculties to process the complexity of what's happening. And I, but by the way, most of us do not have the mental processes to be able to deal with what we're facing. This is a, a global quote unquote pandemic. I, I shouldn't say quote unquote, it, it is a pandemic. Well, you could say but, quote unquote, it's okay, but I understand. You know, but, but, but a global pandemic where where millions of people have died and we don't know that much at all about this thing yeah um and we're trusting pharmaceutical companies that that have terrible histories um uh, of, of abusing their power um and um but we're kind of in some ways forced to because we don't really have any other options mm -hmm. and um and uh, I, I think that what's, what's really happening in the States in particular um, is that our underlying health is so, uh, it's an abomination. Yeah. It's an absolute abomination. And I think that uh, leadership in this country understands that. Mm. And I think that they were advised by, by very intelligent medical and scientific people who said, look, if this thing moves across America, it's going to kill a lot of people because people are obese, high blood pressure. I mean, all the stuff, mm -hmm. all the stuff, all the comorbidities, all the issues is in America. Um, nobody has close to the sort of death rates that we have. Mm -hmm. and, I, I, and, and to that point, you know, I can empathize with some of the decision-making for sure, because I think that, that there was a, like, we do need to protect people because, but, but what, what, where, where I am, where I just sort of threw my hands up is, why can nobody talk about the underlying health of this country? Yeah. 
why is that why is that off the board why why is that not the pandemic that kills by the way way more people than covid will ever kill Mm -hmm. ever are being killed by all of the health related issues that come from our food systems and 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 disparities in 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 economic and and yeah i mean yeah I, i that to me that's when the silence on that level is made me realize that this is this is kind of about control. Um, it, it is it is kind of about control um, because um, our government doesn't trust its people, um, and I think that that's also the sign of an end of an empire, right? Mm. It's um, uh, it, it's. Um, and in our in our founding fathers and, and all the, the the philosophers on democracy from from um, you know my, my favorite is John Stuart Mill who wrote a, an amazing uh, essay called On Liberty um, and he basically espoused that the, the the one of the most important things that a society have is is freedom of speech um, because uh, throughout history very 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 often the the people in the minority. Uh, were proven over time to be correct. Hmm. Um, wow. You know, at one point, the the uh, the sun revolved around the Earth until it didn't. <laughs> right. um, you know, I mean, th- there are just so they're like fundamental things that that took hundreds of years before they changed, and um, and so you know, it kind of comes. It's funny because it kind of comes back to the the thing that I keep saying, which is I just stop worrying about all the people and their engaged fear and their judgment and their all the judgment and fear and control that comes from fear, right? Control is, is, is the reciprocal item in fear, right? If, if, if you're afraid, you try to control because hmm. you don't know what's happening. It's like, well, I, I can protect this. And so I just, I'm just letting all that go and just working again with people that have no judgment, vaccinated or unvaccinated, right? It, I don't care. Right. I don't care. Um, and um, and so, you know, in our campaign, one of the things that we did is we said, okay, we're going to have all of our, everything we do will be outside. Everything. Because if unvaccinated people are not allowed indoors, then that doesn't seem right. And, um, and we should be open for them too. Like if we we're supposed to hold a fundraiser in a, in a restaurant where, where 30% or 40% of the population can't even attend. That's so discriminatory and non-inclusive. How can you possibly claim to be a political party that's representing everyone? If you're only allowing 60% to even walk in the door. Um, And so we said, look, everything's going to be outside. And, um, and that's true inclusivity, right? Um, you want to talk about inclusivity. I mean, and, and funny because I think, you know, most of the sort of far left um, uh, is so focused on inclusivity and, and, and how, we, how we name things and call things um, and, and who's protected, which is all great. But what about the unvaccinated people? But they're not humans. Yeah. You know, and, and, and they're all anti-vaxxers. That's one label that you give all unvaccinated people is anti-vaxxer. It, it's so much more nuanced than that. It's, it's, it's infinitely more nuanced than that, right? And, and for the same people that are trying to sort of 
protect people's beliefs and feelings and, and, and identities on, on, you know, if it's on a certain level are completely okay with um, incredibly discriminatory practices, policies, ideas, beliefs about vaccination. Um, and, and that's where to me, I just, I broke from the democratic party. Uh, not that I was really a Democrat. I, I mean, I, I I lean more in that way, but sure. but I just said absolutely not. I, I'm absolutely not part of this judgment machine. Um, who am I to judge somebody's choice about what they want to do with their bodies? And by the way, this also re- relates to abortion. So mm-hmm. you know, people want to say, you know, okay, well, Republicans. Yes, I agree that there's a kind of a glaring issue there where uh, you know, no abortions, but you know, no vaccines, or, or let them choose, or whatever you kind of got to have some consistency here. Um, And so for me, I'll be consistent on choice um, because who am I to judge? You know, I have a a very deep spiritual connection with, with, uh, with God, with, 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 I'll call God, people call great spirit, but it doesn't, you know, um, I have a very, and, and I, I know that what I feel, what I intuit, what I, what I experience spiritually is usually how I'll act, you know, and, and if somebody experiences spiritually that, that, that conversation with God, with, with, with consciousness, with, with Buddha or whoever, and it says, you know what, don't get this vaccine or this isn't for you or, you know, um, just wait or, or, you know, whatever, who am I to intermediate in that? Right. Um, it'd yeah. be one thing, I think if this thing protected against, you know, uh, spread, you know, really effectively, then I think I'd have different opinions and, but it doesn't. And no, no matter what people say, it doesn't. Yeah. And, and, and we, and if we haven't seen that by now, it's like, okay, well, I don't have anything more to say. Yeah. Um, it, well, it, it's, it's, it feels like when we as a culture watch news media pointing fingers, when we as a society watch people act like trolls on social media, um, that becomes the quote-unquote normal behavior. Like, like I feel like instinctively that world that we see yeah. on on a screen it sort of like seeps into our bloodstream, and then we'll, and then it, it like we we adopt. I'm not saying we, you and I, as but I see, I feel it trickling down into yeah. our culture, and and I think. You know, all these instincts that I had about what was going on, you know, CNN having these running tabulations of death over the last two years. And I always felt that was very yeah. bizarre because, you know, you, we, we never really had an intelligent, open discussion about um, dying. You know, what is the quote unquote cause of death? You know, it, it's yeah. it's just back to your point sort of about nuance. These are there's so many layers here and it felt like. They're rewiring people's brains and how to feel and think a particular way. And I know that sounds like quote unquote control. And but again, if we only communicate through text, if we're watching Fox or CNN every night, if we're yeah. on Twitter, I mean, that that I believe it, it rewires how we feel and think. And that's why we really, you know, yeah. to back to health. I mean, we have to. We have to get away from that pattern of, of, of spending time in that tech world and, and spending more time in the analog world. I really think if we're going to break through and, and see the light that you're talking about, we, we have to collectively do that more often. 
Agreed. And, um, and, and I think to your point, you know, fear is a, hmm. is a very infectious energy. Yeah. Um, and, and people who are in a state of fear want others. Hmm. And it's not, it's kind of subconscious, right? I don't think they want everybody to be terrified, but I think you want to feel like you're not crazy. And so it, it has this snowballing energy of like trying to pull more and more people in. Like we're all together, right? This is all terrifying, right? right. I'm not crazy, right? You know, and, and it's um, so it's a very infectious energy. Um, mm. And, uh, you know, Churchill said, and, and Churchill had his own issues, but there's nothing to fear but fear itself. Um, fear is a disease because it's so potent. Mm. Um, and, um, yeah, I, I think that, that, yeah, people are very, I think you're right. I think it's, it's, it's psychologically affected people in a way and some people may never recover from this and that's just what it is and um but but i also do think it really this time has been a really empowering time for Mm -hmm. me um and it's not to you know downplay anything that's happened to anybody but for me personally it has really just sort of freed freed me up to just speak my truth because the absurdity of some of the other philosophies and ideas out there that, that have so much internal inconsistencies is just been like, well, <laughs> those are ridiculous. I, I, I don't, I actually feel very free to, to speak how I feel because, because it's so absurd. Yeah. You know, the inconsistencies are so absurd. And I, and I actually think that that's, again, I think it's happening a lot. I think that um, um, it's not going to be, that's not going to be your, your news coverage, right? It's not going to be the people who are starting to sort of say, you know what, Here's my truth, like it or not. And I'm sorry for having my own truth. I am sorry for having my own truth. But here it is. Yeah. And um, being totally unafraid. I'm not worried about being canceled. I'm not worried about anything. You know why? Because I'm not worried about death. Hmm. And you want to get down to the real root of it? It's a fear of death. And then you start to get into a, a deeply kind of spiritual discussion, right? Of, of, of if you don't believe that, that there is anything beyond this, what we see and experience and feel, anything, doesn't matter what it looks like or who it is, whatever, then of course, this will be a terrifying time, right? Mm-hmm. This could be the end of everything. Of course, it's going to be terrifying for some people. So I think what this is really doing is it's narrowing human humanity basically back into this sort of one zero conversation of is this it or is it not it? It's interesting. I've always liked talking to you and it's, it's, Something that I've um, become more comfortable about myself. You know, I like sports. I love sports, actually. I'm a big Cavs fan, and um, and I, I like. I'll certainly watch the Super Bowl, and I'll watch the playoffs. I mean, I won't watch the whole games, but I'll, I'll tune in during the fourth quarter. Um, but I yeah. really, um, you know, I'm, I'm a sensitive guy, and and um, I think a lot of it has to do with you know a lot of health issues I had when I was young. Um, I'm not religious, so I certainly 
and I'm on the on the polar opposite of you. I, I I don't know if I'm scared of dying, but I do worry about my body like breaking down. Um, like what does what is the process of death? You know, mm-hmm. that's something that I I certainly think about and worry about. And I think in the back of my mind, part of the reason why I try so many things and do so many things, and I just you know my time is limited. And and here I am yeah. in my forties, and I feel like. I feel the best that I've ever felt. But you eventually get to that top of the mountain where you start to sort of go down the other side. And I'm mm. very blessed and I'm fully aware that I'm not at the top yet. Uh, I'm, still, I'm still climbing and it's, it's great. Uh, and I think I connect with a lot of guys that, um, you know, are, are willing to admit that they're insecure or they're scared of, of, of life and where it's, where it's headed. And, and this isn't meant to be dystopian or glass half empty, but life is scary. And, and I think, you know, men are marketed as, you know, macho and strength and they have it all figured out. And, and I'm not that. <laughs> and uh, there's more to me than just what it feels like, you know, advertising is marketing men as. And I granted that's a little, you know, outdated, but it's still that's still sort of the underlying genetic makeup of what it feels like the world thinks of men. Mm-hmm. Um, did you. I guess part of the reason, I feel like you have a curiosity to to you where you're asking some of the bigger questions. And, and, and even earlier, you said that you were turning more intrinsically and, and living a life less, less external, more internal, and, and sort of um, a more sp- spiritual path, internal path. I mean, when did you, there's a lot here, but was it how you were raised or, or it, did something happen where you got the sense you were different or looking at the world differently or there, you know, am I making sense? I mean, did you get yeah, this, yeah. did you get a sense that something was going on that made you want to look at yourself or the world differently? What do you remember? What do you think? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I, I love sports too. I think it's, uh, uh, it's finally starting to get the artistic value that it's always deserved to hmm. me. There are things that athletes do in a game that are the highest form of human art hmm. you, you could ever imagine. Um, and how is, you know, a move that LeBron does, is that any different than a move that, that Picasso does with the paintbrush, hmm. right? Yeah. One, we happen to value at $100 million, and one, we happen to value for some TV ad revenue. And yes, LeBron, over the course, is worth a lot of money. But each artistic endeavor of his, not necessarily. So anyway, I love sports. I, I, I played all the sports growing up. But to your point... I think to me, I was a hyper-competitive young person, um, very ambitious. I was, you know, I think pretty smart. I, I went to a very good high school. I went to UCLA. Then I got into University of Chicago Law School. And, you know, I happened to succeed at most of the things that, that I was doing in my life. And I think that that really inflated my ego. Hmm. Um, and I think that... Um, I was very self-serving for most of my young life. Um, And I was egotistical. Um, I didn't treat people the way that I should have. And not in like a horrible way. Yeah. Just sort of like, 
if it was convenient for me, I would do it. And if not, not necessarily even where that, you know, that, that same friend would, would do anything to, for me and, and pick me up if I, you know, not to say I never did that, but I just, I was more self-interested and a little bit more, to be honest, part of it was just unaware and mm. ignorant. Um, and then I, you know, I just sort of hurt enough people, not badly, not, you know, but, but just sort of like disappointed and, and, you know, a couple of, I cheated on a girlfriend that, that I was really in love with and, um, you know, not crazy, but just, just things that where I hurt people that I really loved yeah because I was just, um, cheap with their love, hmm. you know, and, um, and then it just sort of, you know, over time, it, it sort of eats at your subconscious. And, and, and um, yeah, I, I kind of had just, it was just, for me, it was a really slow evolution. And, and um, I think where it started to, there's a few big points I think it started to move. I think, first of all, um, there's a couple of uh, drug experiences that I had, uh, mushrooms, cannabis, and, and psilocybin mushrooms. Um, that were really important for me in expanding my consciousness. Hmm. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I had to process some, some, some dark stuff there, including the stuff that I was just talking about. Um, and, and some deep levels of insecurity and, and, and stuff that um, I think my dad, I, I have a great relationship with my dad and I love my dad, but um, growing up, he filmed everything that we did. Hmm. Um, you know, and out of love. I mean, he just wanted to capture it all. He also has a terrible memory. And, and uh, so I'm sure part of that was for that as well, which I can, I can sympathize with. But, but I think there was this sort of performative aspect of, of my younger self that um, I, I, yeah, there was, there was a performance that wasn't natural, hmm. just being, you know, just be, don't worry about what other people think. And it made me insecure, some somewhat insecure and sensitive and a lot of things, you know? And so I, I had to process that as to process my e ego inflated, which is also just a basically masking a, an insecurity. Um, so processing that through, through some drug experiences, through some relationships, um, I think through Burning Man to see how people, um, and I actually had been at Burning Man for eight years and, and, you know, that's just a, yes, it's, you know, it's its own thing and people will say what they will about it, but, but it is pretty free expression. People just go out there and they dress really funky and they just are who they are. They don't care. And I felt very free in that. And I love that. I love mm -hmm. that experience of just, yeah, just that, that sort of creative freedom um, and non-judgment space, which is beautiful. And, and then where it really started to hit is um, after law school, I, I was an attorney and I was working crazy hours um, and I really didn't like my job very much. You know, it was, I was being paid well, but I was just, I was like, this, this isn't for me. Yeah. And I was looking for answers. That's at a point where I was just starting to be like, what is the point? You know, like, what is the point of this thing? And um so I started to ask the right questions, thankfully. And then as soon as I started asking for the right questions, then I started getting the right help. And the first, this is the first, I'll tell this story because it's, it's one of my life's best and favorite stories. Um, I decided to finally do a breathwork section. Uh, session is the first one I ever did. It was a friend of a friend suggested. He said, you know, you should check out this. My friend does these breathwork sessions in Venice. Hmm. And I was working as an attorney at the time. 
And I, I went home and I changed into some, you know, comfortable clothes. And I went out to Venice and sat in a breathwork circle of, I think it was like eight of us. And it was, it was a wild experience. It's the breathwork that I, that I taught when mm-hmm. I, I ended up teaching when I was at Hyperstop. Um, and uh, profound experience. Then I woke up the next morning feeling incredibly light and feel, felt like something had, something had shifted. I wasn't sure what it was, but I just felt lighter. Um, I went into work and then about noon, I said, you know, I got to take a lunch break. I got to just get some air and I can't be in this build, this office building. I'm just going to take a walk. So I started walking down um, uh, uh, Century Park East in, in Century City uh-huh. and, uh, and walking towards me in the opposite direction is a yogi dressed in all orange. And I'm like, wow, that's, I've never seen this. We're the only two people walking. Nobody walks in Century City. Right. Um, literally walking towards each other and i said wow this got out. and then he's he says stop excuse me can you stop for a second and i said yeah sure he said your energy is very powerful do you mind if i we just speak with me for a second and i said sure you know i gotta say this is pretty weird because i just had my first breath. oh and by the way here's another really crazy part of this story so um on the way to work I realized that I was driving behind the same car, same exact car that I was driving behind the day before. And I knew it because the license plate was from New Jersey. And we were stopped at a stoplight. And I said, holy shit, that's the exact car that I was driving behind yesterday. And I, and I knew it was the same car because I haunted that person because it was a yellow light. And I wanted that person to go through the yellow light so that I could also go through the yellow light, right. which was a, a, a space of, 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 of anxiety and, and, you know, all that. Yeah. And this day, I, we were both stopped at the stoplight, which is how I knew it was the same car. I said, wow. And I, uh, I pulled up next to her and I just, you know, I told her to roll her window down. And I said, I just want to say I'm sorry for yesterday. I honked <laughs> at you at the, at the light and I was in a rush to work. And I just want to say I'm sorry. And she goes, oh, don't worry about it. It's L.A. And right. uh, I kind of rolled her window up and, and I just thought, wow, what a beautiful I mean, what's the, literally, what are the chances of millions of people in LA? I'm driving behind the exact same car I was driving behind the day before after this breathwork session and have this chance to sort of apologize to this person that I'd honked at the day before. So anyway, so that was a, that was a really uh, beautiful part of this day. The second part, though, is walking up to this yogi and he stopped me and he, you know, we had this conversation. And he started reading a lot about me. I mean, these yogis, some of them are pretty profound. Mm-hmm. Um, some of them are pretty cheap and are just trying to get money. Um, <laughs> Uh, but, but this one was very profound and he said, okay, let me, um, uh, let me give you a piece of paper and, um, uh, I want you to write, um, your favorite color and the number of other people in your immediate family. And, uh, um, so I wrote on paper, handed it to him and he said, blue three. He said, yep. And he opened it up. Blue three is written on the paper. He, um, and this is this is a this is pretty wild. Um, so uh, he kind of smiled and and he went on and said, you know, just keep on this journey, just stay on this journey. Um, this is where you want to be. And and um, and I trusted that from that day. Um, what's interesting is he also wrote on a paper that he gave to me when I left. He wrote a couple of important dates. He said 2014 to 2019 is a period of of of, um, of high growth, of, of of great spiritual growth. And then he circled on a piece of paper, March 2020, circled it. I still have the paper, by the way. 
In fact, because you're on video, I'm just going to pull it out and show you because because uh, I keep it in my wallet. Wow. Yep, there it is. So um, March 2020 is when uh, Emily and I got pregnant with Lennon. Wow. Um, which was the uh, the most massive shift in, in, in me and my consciousness and I think in, in, in my life. So that was a, something that didn't, I didn't even understand until just last year, right? Uh, or two years ago. Yeah. Um, but, um, but yeah, so that, that, that story is emblematic of where I think the next part of my life went, which was meditation, 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 breath work, yoga, um, reading about spirituality, digging into philosophy, digging into esoteric stuff, and just opening myself up. Because as soon as I open myself up, and it's just like the law of attraction we were talking about earlier, it's just if you open yourself up to those conversations and those kind of people, they just start to appear. It just, you start having the conversations, you start meeting people who, 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 who make you question, you know, what it is you believe. I didn't used to believe in anything. Um, I really didn't. I, I remember a, a family dinner where I actually got angry uh and said how could anybody be so stupid to believe in god um and i remember it so well because i was on a vacation with, with my dad and my brother and, and um you know you just never know where life will take you or what you'll learn and what your journey is and i think you just it's just that intention of you know i'm open i, I am open to this question i'm open to the question not the answer i'm open to the question and so um then you just start to meet all your teachers and they come in all forms. I mean, I, I have homeless friends. I have friends of every background. We, I mean, I've met people all over the world that, that I have deep connections with. They're all my teachers hmm. and, and none of them taught me. Um, you know, they just were who they were and their beautiful expression of their own humanity made me question all of this sort of, narrow views I had of what it meant to be a happy, healthy, enlightened, good human being, you know, and, 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 um, and so, and you, I mean, you're my, I, I learned so much from you just mm. being around you at Hyperslow and, and, and your, your yoga class, which is one of the best yoga classes I've, I've ever taken uh, in my life. I mm. loved your teaching and I loved how hard it was. I loved the speed. I mean, I learned so much about myself through just being in that class, you know, and, and so you're my teacher. I, I, I just am so open to people and, um, and it's led me here. And I, and, and I could, I could, this story could go on for hours because I have so many, like the one I just told you, you know, but, yeah. but I guess in some where it goes, is just saying, I know that we didn't get put on this planet to buy and sell. Hmm. I just, I know, I feel it because I know how I feel when I'm not buying or selling, when I'm being, when I'm, when I'm being with love, like I, that feeling is natural. And it so far transcends anything that's transactional that I know that that's, that has to be why we're here. Um, and so, yeah, just being open and open and it's just gone deeper and deeper, man. And, and it's, um, it's a beautiful journey. Life is a beautiful journey. And um, 
all I can say is the more open we are, uh, the more non-judgment we are, um, we end up bringing in teachers that we probably thought were our enemies. Um, and uh, so, so yeah, hmm. that's, uh, I guess that's that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. I was just thinking, and I'll let you go. Um, oh, my computer might die. No, yeah, we're, uh, this will be it. it. Oh, it's all right. Well, we, we got everything we need, but um, I just I just love what you said about like being on this earth not to buy and sell. Like, amen. That that is that is so powerful and so rings true to what um, I believe in. Also, so um, yeah, I I just I've always loved talking to you. Um, mad respect to the way you look at the world, and I love your cur- curiosity and and trying to create a better world. And, and I, I, I think you're on to something, man. And, and it might not be this election, but it could come in two years or four years. I think a lot of people, I certainly do, will resonate with what you're saying and what you're doing. I think uh, um, I, I believe in you, and I really believe in what you're talking about. Thank you, man. And, and same to you. I'm um, really grateful for who you are and, and uh, always have been. Um, and... Um, yeah, your uh, vulnerability is a very inspiring thing. And um, I think that so many men on this planet could benefit from just listening to you hmm. um, and uh, and uh, hopefully feeling empowered to also be vulnerable and open like you're open. So, um, and creative. I mean, you're also incredibly creative and inspiring in that way. But, um, but yeah, so thank you. And um it will be what it will be, but uh, um, it's it's nice to be here. Yeah, uh, you know. Um, so, um, amen, man. Amen yeah. to everything you're doing. Amen to everything that was said here, and and uh, hopefully we can keep chatting and and meet in person soon. Yeah, I would love that. I I be, I'm being reminded how much I enjoy your company. So you you'll be coming back to LA, I imagine, sometime soon. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, probably next I think uh end of next week. So yeah, next couple of weeks would be great. Awesome, man. Well, love talking to you. Um send my love to Emily and I'll speak to you when you're back in LA and I, I this will go live in like a week or ten days, but I, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk to me. It was great to see you. Same. Cool. Cheers, man. Cheers, man. Have a good night. I hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Asher, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. Again, all of you, you can find Asher online, asherluzado.com, asherformayor.com. And look, these are, these are tough, nuanced conversations. And before I let you go, you, you know, just so much has happened in the last week since speaking to Asher, and it's like information's moving so fast. You know, what do we listen to? Who do we listen to? What do we pay attention to? And I really... I hope this show slows us down. Really, it just slows us down, inspires quiet time, inspires us to take in the information, but then slowly absorb it, think about it. How does it fit in with our own value system? And I think this this, this is really an important time to think about leaders. Who, who is leading us into the future? And, and I really believe Asher is somebody that we should be paying attention to, listening to. I truly believe he is trying to improve 
so many different aspects of our culture. And it's it's so complicated. But I think Asher is, is really onto something and, and obviously really intelligent, really empathetic. And I'm truly blessed that I've um, known him for a long time, a couple, at least four or five years now. So again, you know where to find Asher. If I haven't said so already, asherluzado.com on Instagram or asherformayor.com. Again, Asher, thanks so much for taking the time to speak to me. Truly um, loved our, our chat. Um, you know where to find me on Instagram, Twitter, at Eddie Cohn. Website is IamEddieCohn.com. I have a bunch of podcasts that I'm sort of in the midst of recording, so those should all go live in the next couple weeks. Um, and like I said at the beginning, very briefly, if you want information on my new book, please send me a, a message on Instagram and I'll give you all the details. It comes out in the spring, but you can order an advanced copy right now. That is it. Thanks so much to Asher and thanks so much to all of you for listening, supporting, subscribing, being a part of the downward facing. Hey, Leo. <laughs> My cat says goodbye. Thanks so much for listening, supporting, and being a part of the downward facing spiritual spiral podcast. <laughs>